What's up, Weeboos? Welcome back to the Weeboo Podcast, the ranked 999th best anime podcast on Spotify, according to nobody. How are you doing, Pat? How's Singapore? I, I know you're back there, so maybe you want to give us a rundown of how things are over there. Singapore is great. It's the same as it's always been. Hot, rainy, good food, good alcohol, too much alcohol, inexpensive, but overall it's pretty good you know there's an attack on titan exhibit going around marina bay sands which for those who don't know singapore is a very famous area luxury shopping too expensive it's great for window shopping great for eye shopping not really good for the wallet but singapore is beautiful for all those who have never been would highly recommend Uh, everyone speaks english it's very easy to get around overall a very you know, fun place to be. And, you know, seeing the love of anime here, I mean, why wouldn't you want to come? What's this, like, AOT art exhibit? Is it just, like, the original drawings or people's original art that artists are making from AOT or or what? So Singapore has an art science museum and there's an Attack on Titan exhibit essentially going on to kind of commemorate 10 years of Hajime Isayama's work. Um, so they got a bunch of different things. They have like giant titan figurines. I, I haven't looked too much into it. My friends were going, they told me, you know, you should try and try and get a ticket. I was looking today and everything was sold out on the day they were going. So if I can't get in, I can't get in. Maybe I'll just have to go on a, a different day, but it seems pretty cool. So it's basically just a standard exhibit, but you know the the showcase for the current right for currently right now is Attack on Titan. So it's the Attack on Titan's first presentation in Southeast Asia, and it's really just a culmination of Attack on Titan artwork, storytelling, and the vision over the past decade. I know in the past I've kind of said AOT is not the go, but you know seeing this appreciation for an anime just in real life i mean it's a different experience so that's why i wanted to go see it doesn't mean i don't like aot it just you know it's really cool to see that especially in a museum yeah that's kind of crazy because i think in a previous podcast i mentioned that i went to hayao miyazaki art exhibit down in la and i don't know if there's been many instances of that right where there's like an appreciation or something really just an exhibit related to anime i don't know if i've seen that before outside of something like anime expo or all these expos slash conventions whatever um the cons so it's kind of crazy to think about where aot is kind of getting that recognition at a level that miyazaki is getting in in the u.s which is wild to think about yeah so i mean they are selling pretty cool pieces of I don't know, art or clothing or, or merchandise, basically, at this exhibit. And it's pretty cool. You can get, like, you know, the Scouts uniform. You can get all that type of stuff. It's pretty pricey. But, I mean, if you are an AOT fan and you really like that type of merchandise, I mean, this is a really cool place to get it because it's essentially verified it's official. It's not like you're getting some knockoff. Um, but, yeah, right now it's in Singapore. This is the first stop of this exhibit. I don't know where it's going next. But if it does end up in your city, you know, whether that's wherever you are, you want to just come visit, I would recommend seeing it. Because like you said, I think all these anime exhibits and museums, they just give you a different perspective on, you know, different, know, different views, I guess, on anime versus manga versus real life. Yeah, the creation process of anime is crazy. It's so crazy. It's something that we don't really appreciate till we see it in person, which Hopefully you get to see it in person because I'm sure there's something really complex going behind the scenes of AOT, obviously, because there's just so much plot building and the art is like amazing. It probably set a new standard of its time 10 years ago, which is crazy to think about, too, that AOT has been going on for, I guess, that long or the popularity has remained consistent for 10 years. But hopefully you get to see it. I think in terms of the merch for the Miyazaki Museum, they had like I don't know if it's called exclusive merch, but do you know like how they have merchandise that's like limited, kind of like your Baccarat crystals with your Pokemon, where they have like a hundred Hayao Miyazaki designed chairs and it's only sold at this exhibit. 
is there something like that in like AOT's exhibit too, or is, is it just like the general cosplay stuff, art slash maybe puzzles or mugs and stuff like that? I have no idea if it's limited, but I know it's expensive. And by expensive, I mean at least like $300, $400 for some of the items. But Holy. yeah, I have, no, I have no idea if it's limited. I guess if that's a limited I'll thing. You got to buy it. Find out. No, I don't know, man. Last time I left with a very expensive Pikachu crystal. I don't know if my wallet's going to going to support a Levi Scouts uniform or you know, you know what I, I would buy? Um I think one of the items that I saw on display was Annie's ring that she uses to cut her finger. That would be pretty cool, I think. Oh, that's pretty cool because it's subtle, right? You can't even tell it's from AOT unless you're a fan from AOT. Yeah, unless you can flip out that little like dagger piece, that would be pretty cool. But it have to be like safe proof because I know what I would. I would probably cut my finger open. Yeah, but the thing with the at least the Pokemon crystal, from what we've seen historically or what we are seeing currently, a lot of things related to Pokemon go up in price over the course of time, right? Whether that be the original cartridge and the box of the games or the card game a lot of things have gone up in price with pokemon so at least for your pokemon crystal you're not taking an l probably because it's just probably something that's here to stay with attack right. on titan it might fizzle out in the next 10 years or so i don't know so maybe don't yeah. take the gamble on that <laughs> you know i was eating at, at izakaya here um a few weeks back this is the last trip and I saw the Okage uniform, Naruto's Okage uniform hanging on the wall, along with an Akatsuki uniform. And I mean, there's no reference beside that to Naruto, but it just kind of reminded me that it's kind of cool. It's like a jersey, right? I think, you know, a lot of people hang jerseys on their wall. I know you used to do it growing up with some of your favorite players. It'd actually be kind of cool, you know, to just slowly collect anime pieces of clothing I mean, something that, you know, people see and they would just recognize instantly. Like, I think you would recognize the AOT uniform anywhere. You'd recognize the Naruto uniform anywhere. you recognize the Akatsuki uniform anywhere. So those are just interesting. I guess it's more for your personal hobby rather than, you know, for resale value. But Pokemon, like you said, has a lot of potential to resell. And, you know, I enjoy watching you know, pack openings, especially some of these old ones where, you know, they're opening first edition uh, packs from, you know, back in the day from the first first release, second release. But it did make me think, like, how many of these boxes are still left? Like, eventually this is, has to run out, right? These boxes get more and more expensive. I mean, at some point, this is really going to be a thing of the past, I would think. But who knows? I don't know. Pokemon's just been going up in value in all the different respects. So I have no idea where it's going trajectory wise, but it's almost like holding a stock where it just goes up naturally over the course of the year. But in terms of the clothing, I guess like kind of going back to our like conversation about the manga books last week and like having something that's a collectible or something that's a collect, um, like collecting something that's, I guess, important to you in, in the hobby would you rather have clothes or would you rather have like art on your wall? I personally would rather have art. I think art's really cool. I mean, it's just a different take and it's something that, you know, you can display, take with you, resell if you really want to resell art. Um, clothing, I, I think it, it's nice. It's a cool like phase. Um, it might be nice to have one or two items, but it doesn't hold that kind of aesthetic look that, you know, hanging a an art piece has. Yeah, the art pieces are a lot easier, plus it gives, I don't know, it almost is a vibe. It almost makes you feel artistic in a sense. I don't know if I would put clothes up, but I would think that there's some iconic things like the Akatsuki uniform is something that's very iconic and is a lot, is in a lot of places really. I think... Rick, I forgot which team did a collaboration with this, but one of the gaming teams, I think either Team Liquid or 100 Thieves, um, did a collaboration where, a Naruto collaboration, where a lot of their um, clothes were kind of designed with the Akatsuki like, symbol or like 
the red clouds and it's really cool it's like super iconic so it's like so easy to identify right can we get you to say a kotsky like five times in a row i think the way you say it just sounds so much cooler than the way i say it i don't know about that (laughs) i'm just probably saying it wrong in either english or japanese i'm just saying it to say (laughs) i mean that's my personal opinion i i sound i butcher everything i butcher english i butcher japanese i i I'm, i'm doing a disservice to everyone here it's a tough life out here living in that medium of Japanese and English. Yeah, well, I was bad at English too, so <laughs> it's hard for me. It's hard, it's hard for me to say what's right and what's wrong. Kind of going off topic, but kind of going in line with what we were talking about. Have, have you seen the new anime NFTs? No. I mean, is that even legal? From what I've seen, it's not technically legal, but they're using anime like real life anime stuff as a base to create NFT. So let's, for example, like a silhouette of Naruto's head, for example. So like, that's obviously not copyright friendly, I think. I think they're kind of crossing this boundary where where they're doing something somewhat illegal. But do you want to see NFTs kind of go into the anime world considering we like art and have would prefer to have art on our walls would you ever invest in an anime nft okay so i guess my problem with an anime nft is at the very core root of these images they're really owned by the production studios and as cool as some of these uh fan drawn you know nfts pictures whatever you want to call them can I think there's some legality issues that would come back from reselling. You, I don't like basically you can sell an NFT, and the whole purpose of NFT is really to own that picture, the content there. But if you never owned it to begin with, what there's is no that value, a loophole, right? or is there just no value? Exactly, like, like, like if you go dro- put an NFT out of like Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen, for example. Um, and it looks really cool and people buy it, it resells for a lot. And then MAPPA goes and says like, hey, you can't do that anymore. You need to take it down. Really, MAPPA has no say to take it down. But at the same time, you can't go out and make copies of your NFT and resell it in a physical form versus like a, a normal NFT. You own that picture. You can go make as many pictures and copies as you want and then sell them. I mean, you own that picture. There's no copyright there, but if the source material is copyright, I think there could be some issues there. Like you own this, yeah, co- yeah. this fake picture, but you can do nothing more with it. And I think that it loses the real value there of the NFT. Yeah, we're riding a fine line, I think, at this point now. And I think it was somewhat of a big deal this past week because... There's a lot of copyright issues, like you said, and a lot of legality issues that could come out of it. And I think what they're trying to do is trying to get some of these bigger anime content creators to kind of, you know, market their product, advertise their product, sponsor them so that they would talk talk about it more. But a lot of people just don't want to talk about it because they don't want to get caught in this legality issue, potentially. And I don't want to go into this like NFT rabbit hole, but I just wanted to see if this was something that could potentially be of interest considering you know we do like the art aspect of anime but maybe if, if it was like original anime art then it'd be a little bit more interesting than using a direct copy of something that's actually in real life right and and i really like nfts i mean i don't want to go into my whole crypto spiel right now but if if like mappa had a verified account and they're putting out you know different pictures of all their characters throughout the years and different scenes I would buy one. I mean, that would be pretty cool to say, like, I bought this from MAPPA. I mean, it's verified. I own, you know, this picture of, I don't know, whoever I want. Okay, I guess this is a another question for you then. Do you think these studios should actually go into the NFT market to sell the, the art related to these characters? Slash, is there actually a legality issue with the manga artists if they were to sell them? Like, does the manga artist actually have to sell them? Or can these studios potentially be a a gateway for these manga artists to sell them? I think if there was some royalty on the sale, the manga artist might 
might be okay with it, but at the very the very decision I think lies with the studio who created these pictures. I'm sure in the contracts when they turned a manga or a light novel into an anime, there's probably some contract there that, you know, you can turn it into an anime, you can create these still frames, but after that you can't go and take these pictures and you know sell them elsewhere without giving royalties back to the writer i'm sure that's written in contract somewhere again i'm not a writer i'm not a production studio i don't really know all these details but that's how i would see it um and unless that was worked out i mean you have to make sure that you know no one's really doing something that's illegal there and so if it's a big studio that bought the rights to an anime or a manga then essentially i think they can do whatever they want and I think they should get into NFTs in that in that sense because it's a way to put out their material and, and really just get people interested. Um, and if everyone owned like you know a different a different scene or a different picture, everything I think people would buy that type of material. And I think it's cool. You could be a collection, right? It could almost be your way of collecting the anime that you've watched over the years. It doesn't need to be you know, my anime list account at this point is just you're collecting NFTs of the anime you watch. And then if you want to ever load your account, you can go see, you know, what anime have you watched and you bought a character of X from this anime because, you know, you liked it. And it's a good way to keep track of that. In my opinion, that's how I would see it. But again, you'd have to have the anime industry adopt it. Can you imagine how crazy the NFT market would be if let's just say UFO table was like, let's create a Demon Slayer NFT line. And you have every single Hashira as one NFT each. How expensive is that going to be? Because I swear to God, that could go, I think, for more than like 50 to 100K, even maybe more. If they gave you a con, if they basically came out and said, you know, you buy this Hashira, you buy, you know, Rengoku, and you can do whatever you want with him at this point. You can go sell his picture. You can put it on shirts. You can resell it. You can put it on whatever you want. That'd be really cool. And I think that would have value. That would have potentially real long-lasting value. That would be super expensive, dude. It will be crazy. I think if NFTs actually go like legally into the anime scene, not this like illegal route where these random people are kind of just using images that they don't have the rights to um i think it could potentially be i don't know if it's a problem but i could totally see the market being extremely expensive because it kind of feeds into the the waifu culture the husbando culture the simp culture in a sense where you want to have the characters that you love and it could almost be like slightly obsessive because we see people nowadays, right, where they could get goods related to one specific character, a favorite character. Let's just use like Gojo, for example, because Gojo is so expen- so um, so lovable, so popular by, by everyone, whether it be the female or male crowd. If like a Gojo NFT sold, I could totally see a lot of people just either collecting it up because they love Gojo so much and they just like simp over him in a sense. And it would just create a roller coaster of a market. I mean, so like Topshop, right? They sell sports clips, I guess you could say, of a lot of NBA players. I think they're getting into other sports as well. I guess they have to have a contract to sell some video clip of a real life moment, right? I could see anime doing the same thing. Um... Again, you just have to kind of work it out. But I could definitely see that some of this stuff being expensive unless you sold duplicates, right? I'm sure you could have like, you know, the scene Gojo using his, uh, what is it called? Infinite Void. I think that's what it's oh, called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if you had that scene and you said like, oh, we're selling 1,000 of these GIFs of this at high quality, like 4K resolution. Hey, you might make some extra money there. Yeah, this is an untapped market that might, get tapped later on and create i guess like not an uproar but create a wave of new i guess goods or products that are related to anime i guess that's my nft tangent here one thing i wanted to ask you since you're in singapore is why is anime so big there like why do you think 
when you were there, there was like a Pokemon exhibit too. That's not really anime, but somewhat Japanese culture-ish. That was there. Now there's an AOT exhibit there. There's a lot of these places that have a lot of anime stuff or I guess people that love anime too. Why is it so big there? Or why do you think it's so big there? I think anime and, you know, maybe more of the Asian cultures has just been more widely accepted and it's been around for longer. It hasn't been so hidden as it has been, you know, in the United States. And I think a lot of people just, they don't frown upon it. They actually encourage it. I actually think it's, it's just a way for people to kind of bond over a show. And Singapore is very diverse. I mean, they have people from all cultures and all ethnicities here. And I think people just enjoy enjoy it as like for what it is. It's not, I mean, maybe there are certain shows that people would frown upon. But for the most part, I think everyone, you know, accepts what other people watch and they enjoy it and, and seeing that type of art. Um, which isn't a great answer because again i'm not singaporean i don't know how ingrained anime is in the culture here but yeah like you said i've seen it around a lot and people just seem to talk about it openly whenever i ask questions about it there's just no shame here versus you know if an aot exhibit opened in orange county or los angeles i mean i'm sure some people would be like why would you go spend money to go see an anime exhibit i think that's what my parents would tell me yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. It almost feels like when you talk about Singapore and how openly they talk about anime, it almost feels like you're in Japan, actually. <laughs> and there just isn't like a difference between the two, because obviously in Japan, it's like very popular, very openly accepted, and it's never frowned upon, or it could be frowned upon in some regards, but it's not, I guess a majority of the population wouldn't frown upon it. I think it's changing in the U.S. in a sense. I don't know why it's changing in the U.S. And I was like talking about this with a few of my friends a couple of days ago where it almost feels like K-pop and anime have come from the underground and just has become this widely accepted popular thing. Or it's like almost like looked at as cool to be into those things now, which was not the case when we were growing up. So it's kind of crazy to see that revolution or like evolution over time and then but then singapore just feels like there's always something going on with anime every time you go back it's it's something new so it's kind of cool to see yeah i i think it's really interesting i i really like you know just seeing how accepted and how how many references there are out here i like it and i think it's going to grow i think that's what's going to proliferate out into other other areas the u.s western states and, and i think you know this is just the start yeah i totally think so i think it'll just keep changing over time and as things get more widely popular globally even something like demon slayer i do think like demon slayer almost broke this like barrier or boundary that was maybe like just a self-inflicted thing that japan had set on themselves or maybe it, it was just something that was created in the u.s more so because we were we we saw this like barrier where people weren't accepting of anime beforehand but now demon slayer has just turned into this like global sensation where that barrier almost doesn't exist and i i would think that there will be more anime that will come out in the future that would basically do the same thing and be widely accepted across like different countries yeah i mean i think i agree with that and I guess over the next couple of years, I mean, maybe we're really going to see something take off. Yeah. Well, I guess that's, I wanted to get your sense on how the Singapore scene was and also on this whole art thing. But one thing I want to talk about on this podcast, as we were talking about a variety of things over the last few episodes, was a standardized score on, on our podcast. <laughs> because one my rating system is completely different from your rating system. So maybe to make it easier for the audience, it'd be easier to create a standardized scoring system. But also just talk about what like what makes an app anime mid, what makes an anime bad, what makes anime a masterpiece? Like what what really is the difference between those, right? 
So I guess like start, starting it off and as we kind of go through this conversation, we could kind of create this like scoring system. But starting it off, what makes an anime really good? Like what do you really look for in a masterpiece? And is there actually an anime that you think is a masterpiece? I mean, a masterpiece is hard to define. I have very few things in my life that I've probably declared a masterpiece except maybe some of my drawings as a child on the refrigerator because <laughs> those were carefree days and you know full of life and full of full of dreams it was your shonen arc that was when i thought you know my future life was hall of fame basketball hall of fame baseball something cool and look where we are today, corporate America. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay, but um, yeah, I mean, masterpiece. That's hard. That's hard to describe. But I guess I can tell you what I look for. Um, I think first of all, what I think, what I prioritize has changed over the past couple of years. I really prioritize the plot and the art, um, a lot these days. And you know, I think beforehand art was you know my main thing i would look at it was my main filter to decide you know what's gonna be good or bad but you know having the art change so much over the years i'm not sure if it's still the best judge of an anime and that's why i kind of really care a lot about the plot these days but really i think lately i feel when i can feel attached to the characters um i feel you know like i can support the anime and it makes me more biased and i think all anime rating is biased to some sense whether or not you can agree with certain characters but i think when you can really you know support someone in the show it helps add to that whole masterpiece conversation kind of like your favorite player on a sports team yeah they might not be the best but if they're your favorite player you kind of like the team and and then that kind of just makes you slightly biased towards this is a great team this is one of the, my favorite teams i've ever seen do you think when you're kind of rating let's just say what we're reviewing an anime do you think plot characters and animation should all have the same weight in the scoring system or do you think one of those is more important or two of those are more important if you asked me a year ago i would have said plot and art are probably the most important and then probably characters but lately after watching ranking of kings i i really like it when you can just support a character and they have ranking kings i mean artwork is very unique it's not high quality clean cut 4k anime but it's not bad but it's not great should that take away from what ranking of kings is no i don't think so anymore but as a plot as a character you can support the different complexities in it i think this is a damn good show and i i really i really like seeing it from that perspective um and now i've seen a lot of cool art that is just trash anime like i thought peach boy river said i was like oh this art's not bad watched one episode oh my god what what (laughs) what did i just watch do you think judging an anime by the art is almost judging a book by its cover though where nowadays kinda, yes yeah nowadays, you're yes. jumping to a conclusion just based off of the looks of an anime and going off of what you said right we've also saw something like t- tacked up that was great animation wise we were all hyped about it looking at the trailer we saw that it was a collab between madhouse and Mad- mappa and we were like oh shit this is this is it this is this is the saving grace of 2021 anime. And it was probably the one of the most disappointing anime that we saw in 2021 because all it really had was animation and no substance. So I do think that nowadays when these studios are pumping out a lot of good looking shows, it's a lot easier now to to create shows that have great animation. But a lot of these shows sometimes just lack the quality in the plot or the characters etc and going back to what you said we have the flip side of things where like you said ranking king's animation isn't bad it's just unique it's different and it might be the kind of take that ranking kings needed to be honest because it does give a more like fairy tale-esque feel to it 
and it really is like a Japanese fairy tale in a sense. It's not like a traditional anime or anime story. And we also saw something like Sunny Boy where the art was completely, completely unique, um, completely something that we haven't seen before, was in the conversation of anime of the year, purely based off the experience of the plot and substance that it provided. Granted, once again, we have not yet done the Sunny Boy review because I failed to watch all the episodes up to this point, but that will come next week, I promise. And another show I could think of off the top of my head in 2021 that had unique animation was Odd Taxi. Odd Taxi's animation was not something that a lot of people would probably enjoy, not something that people are, are drawn to, but the plot characters the writing set it apart and it's i think almost like a nine out of ten on mal and it's not really held down by the animation or like it's not being pulled to the top by the animation which something like demon slayer might be right it might be a lot of weight being put into that animation category but not a lot that's being put into the plot category so i guess kind of going off of that what if you were i guess let's say we are given 20 points to allocate in like these like different categories how much weight would you put into plot and characters and how much would you put into like animation at this point oh that's a tough one i mean i think there's definitely other categories there um but i would probably say the plot is definitely worth about 25 percent, maybe 30 percent of that anime i would probably give it three points i mean no, six okay. points. My math is wrong. Six points for <laughs> plot and um, maybe five points for mm, maybe four points for animation. So six points for plot, four points for animation. Okay. And and I think that would be like maybe that could be like half and, and maybe four points for characters. Character, I guess, the, the feel of it. Okay, so the character and the animation kind of go in the same realm, hand yeah, in hand. Yeah, they're, they're pretty close, right? I mean, to kind of have a character that you like, I mean, a lot of it does dwell on the animation of that character. It's rarely the character personality, which, I mean, some characters you are, you do like them for the personality, but usually you have favorite characters a little bit because of the way they're animated. Um, so I do think yeah, they're a little hand in hand, and there's some overlap there. I don't know if, you know, both should be worth four points or if we should go like a 3-3. Three, three. Um, so I think that's some difference there, and I think that has to be taken for, you know, a grain of salt. Um, I don't know what you would think, but I know for you, there's score, score is important, you know, opening, ending, um, just to name a few, you know, complexity of the show, you know, is, is it an experience? Is it not an experience? Is it more of a light read, a light watch or, you know, something you have to really sit down and think about and i think all of those different factors are very hard to judge because it's almost like every genre needs to be judged in its own way and to kind of encompass all this anime into i don't know a few main topics outside of plot and character design and animation it becomes kind of hard it can be a little bit tricky right yeah i guess what would you say are like the other categories outside of those three the we'll call it the big three categories outside of those three what else like warrants like consideration because like you said there's music there's score opening and closing is very big in anime right it's been a staple in anime since i don't know the 90s it's been there for a long time we saw it in like cowboy bebop which came out like over 30 years ago at this point so that's still a staple feeling in anime there's also like you know your enjoyment your experience your i guess your personal attachment to the show which is completely different too there's also i don't know if writing goes in hand in hand with the plot it could it i think it very well could be in the, like the same category like the script writing i don't know are, are there any other categories that you would kind of allocate those like 20 points to um i think you touched on you know the main ones i do really think opening ending and and the music or the score should they're separate items and, and they should be and they both should be included. Um, I've always wondered if I hold anime to some standard in terms of how well did it adapt from the light novel or the manga. Mm. And I don't know if that's part of the writing, like you said. 
But I feel like adaptation should be worth something because something that holds true to the manga, some people might say they like that more, right? Those are those people who like, you know, they're the they're the manga stands and they said they want this to be as true as possible. And there's others who think that's dry. They want to see a take, a studio's take on it. And I think when both sides can agree that whatever was done was done well, I think that should that deserves points. Because that's not really plot anymore. That's just really how was it adapted. And we've seen plenty of great manga adapted into terrible anime. And it's just sad when that happens. Yeah, I mean, that one's like really hard, right? Because sometimes you go, you deter from the manga and the anime is actually better by deterring away from it. But there's something like Full Metal Alchemist where it originally came out but didn't stick to the manga and a lot of people were upset about it. They created Brotherhood again, which stuck, stayed true to the manga and it was a huge success, right? Like a lot of people love it to this day. Obviously the US fans consider this like the GOAT essentially. And that was successful because it stayed true to the manga. But there are other shows that can't do the same thing. Let's say like they the manga is like 100 chapters. You get 13 episodes. You can't do that. Like you can't stay true to the manga because you would have no ending. You would just have like the training arc and it would end. It is a really hard discussion point because i don't know what the right answer is it's just whether or not the anime was executed correctly or or not yeah i think in the in this type of grading system there's got to be like maybe 15 percent of those points maybe at least you know two three points that are just personal biased and i think you have to account for that okay this might be like a shameless plug but i do something called uh chris's lunch break reviews on patreon where I basically do like a one sentence review for the categories that I think are most important in an anime. And I allocate basically 20 points. And in the end, I I take 20 points because 20 points is easily divisible into 100 because it's just five out of five at the end, right? Like, I don't know how to describe it if people aren't good at math, but <laughs> it's in the end, like going to be a, a score out of five. And how I allocate it is it's based on plot, characters, animation, like you said. And then and then those are all get five points each. But I actually think now that I've had this d- discussion with you, like plot might be should be way higher and the animation should be lower. Um, so I, I'll probably adjust that. And then I give like three points to music and score combination of opening and ending and also like the score throughout the anime. And then I put two points to just personal enjoyment. Like how much did I personally enjoy the anime? Not, I don't care about what other people are saying. I don't care what the reviews say. My personal thoughts about it. Because I do think there should be weight to how much you yourself actually like the show. Like not everyone's going to love every single show. Not everyone loves Jujutsu. Not everyone loves Demon Slayer. Not everyone loves Full Metal Alchemist. It's just up to you, right? So then I get to like a 20-point number. So let's just say I got 16 points out of 20. Then that would be like an 8. That's an 80%, right? I can't do math. Oh, I know. It'll be like a 4 out of 5 in the end, I think. So like that's how I, I'm grading it. But yeah. I think I think that's fair. I mean, I think like you said, personal enjoyment. I think that's a great way to put it. Any show you watch, anything you do... Personal enjoyment should have value there. And it's almost like the whole use jury score versus, you know, critic score that we went over. Everyone's going to have their own opinions, but if you like it, the anime, you like it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. I guess like my proposal to you for like let's create a scoring system just for our podcast. Screw Mao. I don't care about their 10-point scale. A scoring system just for us. Knowing what your scoring system is, right? Your scoring system was F, D, C, B, and A. And that's it, right? Do you think what makes sense is a five-point score? Similar to like kind of how I do these like lunch break reviews where we allocate certain number of points. And in the end, we get five out of five, which is an A. Four out of five, which is a B. 
three out of five, which is a C, an average, and then two out of five, which is a D, and then one out of five, which is an F. And you could use the decimals like 1.5, 2.5, 3.5, thinking 0.5 makes the most sense. Um, or I guess you could go to the 0.25s and the 0.75s. Oh, if you, oh, you want don't to. like my 0.67s, my 0.63s? I don't, I don't, I don't know where. How, how do you do the math <laughs> for the 0.67s? I just don't get it. But like, I feel like those those like categories are like the the main ones that we kind of consider. But I do think like you're right. I do think plot needs to be given more weight than than some of these other ones. Yeah, I mean, I think if we're aligning on some type of scale, I agree. I think a five point scale with you know the occasional point five is justified. And I think the way we kind of critique anime and watch it, I would agree. I think it makes sense actually. You know, I was talking to some one of my uh, friends who listened to the Skate the Infinity podcast, and they're like, "So, what was your overall rating on Skate?" And I said, um, seven six. And they're like, <laughs> "Is that good or bad?" <laughs> and I said, "I think it's pretty good. You should watch it." I was like, "But there are better anime out there." And they were like, "So, like, what what are some of those better ones?" I was like, "Oh, eighty six, Ranking of Kings." And they kind of asked the same question you did. Is like, so is the seven six a big difference from an eight three? And I was like, yeah, my scale it is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess going going to a five point system, you know, that would that would change things, right? We might have we might be at like you know an, a five or four point five versus versus a three point five, which sounds a, a lot different. I think like Google reviews, right? And Yelp in the US, at least. I know Yelp's not a thing, not like outside of the US. I think they're both off of a five point scale and it makes it easier to kind of like see what's really good and bad because when we use something like Yelp, for, for those people that don't know what Yelp is, it's a restaurant review app. So if you want something, if you want to find something to eat, it's the easiest thing to do. You type in like, I want boba in the in the around the current location I'm at. And then you get a bunch of restaurants that are categorized in this boba category, and they give you the five-star rating for each of them that are provided by the Yelp users. So you could get five out of five, four out of five, et cetera, and you could go into the the halves, but not more so than the 0.5s, more more granular than that. And it's easy because a lot of people who use Yelp in the US are like, four is like, the bare minimum they would go down in order to decide what restaurant they want to eat at. It's a separate question of whether or not that's fair or not, but a lot of people do that, right? So you can kind of differentiate between three, oh, that place is just average. So I really want to go eat at a place that's average versus four that's, that's above average. And it's like, oh, maybe I want to go eat there instead. So I feel like doing a five-point scale is more in line with what you are doing, just cutting out the, the, I guess like five points or less so that it's all kind of grouped in this one category of F of like one out of five. And then now you get this like, it's easier to differentiate, a system that's easier to differentiate between like what's average, what's above average, what's the golden standard or a masterpiece anime that a category of five out of five and everything else that's kind of just bad of two out of five and one out of five what can i say i think people should adopt my point decimal system i'm just kidding all right we're we're not going to the (laughs) point six sevens that's not happening (laughs) okay but okay you brought up a really good point and i want to i want to kind of come back and ask you a couple questions on this is you talked about restaurants, you talked about Yelp, you talked about Google reviews, one through five, you know, basically star ratings, right? Now, for those who don't live in the U.S., the U.S., I think it's the, is it the FDA? I don't know. But they grade restaurants, you know, on A through, I think it goes through F. I've only seen it down to C, I think, on health, on right. health, and clean, health and cleanliness. Now, I've ate at plenty of restaurants that have like C's, but they serve the best damn food ever. And I don't give a shit how dirty it is. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this food is great. I will ignore that C like it never existed. I actually don't even really look at these uh, A through C's anymore. And maybe I just go to, you know, 
a lot of jank restaurants, a lot of hole in the walls. But I just care about the food at the end of the day. Is is this equivalent to anim- animation or does animation hold more weight than cleanliness at a restaurant? If the plot is outstanding, do you care at all about the animation? I think the health score is not animation. Um, I do think the health score is is a category that you consider when you're doing like a review. So let's just say the food is a plot, right? That's a main main dish or the main thing that you get at a restaurant. Maybe service is the the characters and then or the animation and then like health and cleanliness could be like another subset of categories. Maybe there needs to be more weight than something like music and score in an anime, but maybe it doesn't have the same weight as animation. I don't know. But I just think it's like one category of a restaurant, which doesn't necessarily mean that, let's say, if they had a C, but their food is like A++ and their service is A++, it's going to average out where you give like a four out of five to the restaurant because they screw up one category, but then the main categories are really solid and really good, right? So, So I think same thing with anime. You can have the shittiest music and score but you could love the show you could love the characters the plot could be like 100 percent the best plot we've ever seen and it'd still be a four out of five or a 4.5 out of five and the the biggest gripe was just that your music was bad and that's it so that's that's how i view it at least and and what about redundancy like i can speak from personal experience I love, with capital L-O-V-E, watching <laughs> the same story with different characters, <laughs> a.k.a. Isekai Shonens. Oh, man, originality. I do think that is something that should be considered, right? But what category does that fall into? Or should it be its own category? I don't know. Um, I don't know what that actually falls into. I don't think it could. it should be its own category. But it should be something that's either considered in all of the categories. So let's just say like original animation, original plot, original characters, original music and score, right? Like it's like, I do think it's something you consider in all of the categories, not as like itself. Because one, you could love the redundancy or hate the redundancy, but you would need to almost factor that redundancy in into like every single category to really see what's where that redundancy lies right right and and i think originality is is very hard to judge because if you're adapting from manga does the core problem lie at the manga or the light novel is it really the anime fault yeah i mean like the core problem could be just the the original story right and that is what it is like i don't think that's anything the animation studio can really do about it or there's not anything that they can do to fix it so okay well i think we can align on this five point system going forward and and you know i think it's good that we had this discussion i think from now on for everyone listening we're going to be giving these reviews in this five point system and that's kind of why we wanted to touch on it today me and chris have been talking a lot about anime we've been giving a lot of reviews and you know our scales don't match it gets confusing so we're just trying to make it simple and we're going to give our honest one through five reviews you know kind of going forward and that's kind of why we had that discussion. I think for those who want to have their own skills, I mean, however you want to rate anime, that's on your choice. And as yeah. long as you stay consistent, I think it doesn't really matter what you do, what you rate. If you want to rate everything 9 through 10 and just go 9.1, 9.2, hey, that's all right too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's really just to standardize something. So, like, prior to our review of Sunny Boy, which I will for sure finish in the next week, it was probably just better to set a standard score so that we could get to a conclusion that's actually comparable rather than our scales just being completely different. So that's pretty much what it was. But when you see these like scores or like when you watch, when you like, let's just say, look up these like mouse scores, right? Does it ever set like a, an ex, like a bad expectation or a too, it creates like too much hype almost in a sense? Or it could be the opposite way where it's like, oh, these scores just don't really mean much or it's too low. 
but you go watch it and then you think it's actually a lot better than what the score provides like do you think it sets like a weird expectation in your head that actually ruins your anime experience there's some bias in the mouse scores i don't like looking them up before i've seen them and 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 i kind of curious like what is this rated because there's a couple shows i really like and yeah they're rated kind of poorly on mal and i'm just kind of sad it just makes me feel bad about myself (laughs) but there are other shows that are rated really highly and i watch it and it's just lackluster for me so it's it's definitely personal opinion and that's why at the end of the day i take it with a grain of salt i think it's nice to have some type of review um just a reference and it's a it's a good like basis as to whether or not i should watch something because if something's like rated a five on mal i probably won't give it a chance like basically once it's too low on mal i i i accept it one thing though that happens a lot i think not just in anime and i'm gonna go back to this like restaurant comparison but some people will tell you dude this restaurant five out of five best meal i've ever had in my life and then I'm like, oh, shit, like I got to go check out this restaurant. Right. And then I drive, let's say, an hour to go get go eat at the restaurant. I get there. I wait a little bit because it's so hype. And then I finally sit down, order the food. And then I'm like. This food's not that good. Have you ever had that with anime where someone or the community just hyped it up so much? Maybe this is AOT for you that your experience actually never lived up to the hype. You just never understood what the hype was and it just kind of died down or like you didn't get the experience that you wanted to get out of it per the other people that were telling you how it should be. Yeah, you know, I think one that comes to mind and I think I just haven't given enough episodes, but I really tried. <laughs> March comes in like a lion. Oh, that's that's hard though. I am trying to get to fall in love with this but i still haven't got through the first season i think march is um but it was hyped up it was hyped up so much to me and not just by you i had many people tell me like this is an awesome show and i I was like oh okay couldn't really get into it i don't know i I do think march is a niche show in a sense i don't think it's for everyone it almost is like the sunny boy of whenever it came out um i just don't think it's it's a show that appeals to everyone but for the people that it does click it clicks really well maybe it's a fruits basket maybe it's it's closer to fruits basket yeah so maybe it's the category because usually when shonens are are really hyped up you know i know what i'm i kind of can expect it so part of me doesn't over expect because at the end of the day, how good can a shonen really be in terms of plot, in terms of in terms of all of this, right? Yeah. Marsh comes in like a line also came out, I think, really similarly timeline wise to my teen romantic comedy. And the main characters to me are pretty similar in a sense that they're really either pessimistic or they just have gone through a lot of shit in their life and have a lot of baggage. And I feel like they they, at least for me, maybe it's like is set like a like a weird interaction between the two where i just loved my teen to romantic comedy so much that i just that it gave me the similar vibes that i loved i don't know it like kind of played off each other because it would fill the gap when one was not currently um playing or coming out in the season so it was just like almost a a tandem depression anime <laughs> See, that's tough, right? Because if you're watching some, if you're like coupling anime to like fill in voids, does that skew your rating? It could. I think it could skew it technically. I do still think March Comes in Like a Lion is really good. Uh, but I do think it's it's for a very niche audience. Like it's not for everyone for sure. It's, it's super dark in a sense. Or it's, I don't know if dark is the right word. It's like almost depressing in a sense. The story is just surrounding like such a sad scenario that like if you don't like sad shows or if you don't like shows that are just centered around feelings it just doesn't make any sense for a lot of people or like it wouldn't be something to watch it would just get boring i like filzy shows i like crying my eyes out but march comes in line was just it's just like you said more just sad 
yeah, the first season is just all sad too. And then the second season is where like kind of the revival happens. Yeah, it's just like a flood of sadness for 13 episodes. I don't know if anyone can really handle that, right? It's just too much to some degree. Yeah, so I guess coming back to your question, has something been overhyped? Of course. There's always overhyped expectations with anime, food, anything in life. I think when people hype up something enough and you create a bias in your head and you you have that thought there, it's very hard to separate out you know, what was your true feeling if you had never heard about this versus is it meeting the expectations people set within you? Right, right. I guess on the flip side, though, is there any show that got such a low score, but you watched it and you were like, dude, this is a 10 out of 10 or this is something I've really, really enjoyed. Don't tell me it's Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt, please. Yo, I really enjoy that show. I really enjoyed Assassin. <laughs> One show that I think I was surprising it more attention, I think it never broke eight on Mal, was Carol on Tuesday. I really liked Carol on Tuesday. Um, and I really thought I should. it deserved a bit more attention than what it got. I wonder why Carol on Tuesday actually didn't pop off as much as something like Violet Evergarden did. Yeah, I don't know if it's the art, but it's not ranked very high. It's not too popular on Mal. I mean, never I've never heard anyone talk about it except us. But I really liked it. What about you? Yeah, it just it just never got the hype. Um in terms of shows that kind of I I unexpectedly liked when the score was so low, and I might get flack for this. It was actually Darling in the Franks. <laughs> It's a little weird at times, but I actually really enjoy the show. And maybe it's just because I like Zero Two as a character a lot, but that's pretty much it. And I don't know. I just, it might be like a guilty pleasure show, but everyone set the standard in my head that Darling in the Franks was like absolute shit. And plot wise, it kind of is shit, but I actually enjoyed it more than I thought it w- I would. I mean, Zero Two is a very likable character. I can completely see why you would, you know, say it's a good show. I think plot-wise, it might be lacking, but it's definitely entertaining. I liked it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it's personal preference. And I don't, I don't want to drag this on. I, I know we keep saying the same thing. So I think everyone's going to have those anime out there that they're going to believe are should have got more popularity. They should have got been more well-received. But at the end of the day... If you didn't hear about it, it's probably some lacking part on either the studio or, you know, something that you're one of us probably isn't seeing and, and maybe that's what's lacking. Karen Tuesday didn't really have any advertising. And, you know, it, it, it's probably just word of mouth that really gets you around. So as much as hype might overhype something, I think without the hype, you lose the chance to even be great. Unless you're just a lucky, like, diamond in the rough that gets found and you're this gem, gem of the season. Something like ranking at Kings. That's true. I mean, without the hype, people would, wouldn't even know about it. They wouldn't even hear about it. So maybe it is a good thing just for people to kind of hear about the shows. But there are, like you said, a lot of shows that don't even get a chance to be be watched by a lot of people. And there's a lot of good shows out there, 8 out of 10s, or and on our new scale, you know, 4 out of four to 5s, that just don't get the recognition that it should. So that totally makes sense. Any closing thoughts from you, Pat? As we round this out, I'll make sure to watch Sunny Boy. I promise I will get through all the episodes. I'll stop playing Elden Ring and actually watch anime for once again. No closing thoughts. I'm, I'm really just catching up on all the anime of the season. I've almost caught up on Vanitas. I think I'm two episodes behind. I've caught up on Ranking of Kings. You know, I've watched Sabakui Bisco, Genius Prince... Yeah, just really catching up before the end of the season. I think there's a couple weeks left of the, left to go. AOT is coming out later today, and I think I'm just kind of just rolling right now. I'm just rolling. I'm just grinding through. I'm just rolling. So I think I'm just gonna keep it going. And you know, when we're ready to review Sunny Boy, I can compare it to some of the other anime I've seen in that category. And I think it's gonna be an interesting episode. I haven't watched. A single thing from this current season in maybe four weeks so you're gonna have to carry the load here a little bit your boy is spending his lifetime playing elden ring and 
has not watched any anime except Jojo. <laughs> so <laughs> I yeah, will do JoJo my homework. Out there. And for those, 86 is back. So honestly, the last episode was great. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but highly recommend watching 86 if you haven't seen it. And yeah, for those who didn't know it's back, um, last week was a kind of a recap episode, and this week they're continuing on, and there's one more episode to go, and that's going to wrap up 86 Part 2. I need to catch up to 86 too, and I'm glad it wasn't just disappointing, because we waited so long just for this last episode, but glad to hear it. I'll make sure to do all my homework, and we'll see everyone next week for next week's episode on Sunny Boy. All right, peace out, we booze. All right, peace.